Appreciate you guys. As always, there they go. Rodney Rodriguez. And of course, the great Wags. My man doing his thing as always. I'm your boy Harbaugh Harge. And I want to thank y'all for joining me today on Hanging with Harge. We got a lot of stuff that we're going to go over. A lot of things to talk about. A lot of uh, football this weekend. What up, Sal? Thanks for joining me this morning. So here it is. We got a big weekend. First off, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell five friends to tell five friends, and even tell some other people to tell other people to tune in to Texas Sports Unfiltered. I am your host, Harbaugh Harge, representing the 512, but you know I'm always representing K-Town, the 254. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on my Instagram at Harbaugh Harge as well. And, of course, follow the show and all the great shows here at Texas Sports Unfiltered at TS Unfiltered on Twitter, and at Texas Sports Unfiltered. we got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to talk Texas Longhorns as they get ready to host BYU. First time they'll be home in a month. Then you also got the Dallas Cowboys back on the field this weekend and the Houston Texans as well. We had NBA action last night. I won't talk too much about the NBA because there's just so much to get into. We also will be breaking down the World Series. My guy, Rob Parker, you know him. He's part of the Odd Couple. He's been writing, and he also has a website called uh, MLBBro.com. He will be talking to us as well. He's in Arlington, so I want to get the scoot boots on the ground, see what's really happening over there, and get his take on this World Series. Uh, what up, CB? Thanks for joining me as well. So let's get into this BYU-Texas uh, matchup. Texas is uh, home for the first time in a month. BYU is not going to be an easy pushover game by any means. Uh, Sark obviously has a very, very special uh, place in his heart for the BYU Cougars. That's where he's from. That's his alma mater. That's what school that gave him a chance coming out of a junior college in California, where originally, in case y'all didn't know this, Sark was originally a baseball player. And then he went to the JUCO, played some football, and the rest is history. Now he's one of the great creative minds. Uh, Sark and the Horns, they have their work cut out for them. The Cougars are coming off of a uh, butt kicking of Texas Tech last week. But let's understand this. They forced five turnovers in that game. Like Texas a week ago, they're playing a new quarterback. They had a, Texas Tech had a new quarterback as well. So this is going to be an interesting matchup because they created those turnovers by confusing a young quarterback. Uh, so this will be something that we'll be paying attention to as well. Malik Murphy is a highly touted quarterback that Sark recruited to the Longhorns with the idea of him becoming a starting quarterback one day. So he may not have thought it would be with this situation, obviously with the injury to Quinn Ewers, and kind of got pushed into this situation. But we've been hearing the entire time what Sark thought of Malik, the development, the time, uh, the the injury that he dealt with last year. So it helped him groom, be groomed to be in this position. And now he's going to get his opportunity. I know Sark yesterday finally made it official. Uh, Captain Obvious, we knew that Malik was going to be the starting quarterback. And I'm just glad that Sark decided to go out there and put his beliefs in uh, Malik and let everybody know that this was going to be 
his quarterback. So for me, this was nothing new. This was not anything that I was going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that he is talking uh, about Arch Manning and, and trying to throw, I'm not going to say shade, not even close to being shade, but he was also just kind of throw the scent off of the trail, right? Wanted everybody to go in with the idea that they're going to have an opportunity to play. And they all may still have an opportunity to play. And I'm fine with that uh, in the right situation. Everybody wants to know, will Arch play? Will he not play? Well, here's the main thing. Let's not worry about will Arch play and will he not play. Let's worry about how we're going to make sure that Malik is in a position to help this team win. Malik obviously is a, the quarterback with the high-powered arm and what is expected of him. Are they going to change the offense? Is he going to let open up the playbook? I think he can open up the playbook because there's some throws that I think that Sark is looking for that possibly – Quinn Ewers couldn't make. I know we've heard he can make all the throws. We've heard that. But have we seen him with that opportunity to make all the throws? Um, no. You know, the ball that has been inconsistent for him was what? The deep ball for, for Quinn. Well, last week he threw a dime. It was on point. And, uh, Xavier Worthy seems to be his hand is better now. Made the catch and things look good. But there are some things that that – that Malik will be able to do on a different level. We all understand the strength that he has. We know that he can throw a ball through a wall. My biggest question, and I'll get into this in a little bit, touch on the passes. That is what I want to see. I want to see, because Sark talked about the week of work and how do everything go, but the one thing that I'm concerned with for Malik is touch on the ball. Uh, Sark was able to go to the media yesterday and and everybody was asking, what what did you learn from your team? How did this all break down? And I'll let you hear that right now. Malik's going to start Saturday. Um, uh, you know, what did I learn? Uh, that they that they had the ability to continue to do what they've been doing, and that's prepare really well. Um, I think, again, they've got great rapport with Coach Milley. Uh, I, I think one thing that I probably learned – maybe a little more about which I felt going in is that they've got great rapport with their teammates. I think their teammates want these guys to play well, you know, if, and, or when their numbers called, I think naturally all the players know, Hey, Malik's making his first career start. We need to play well around him. You know, that's, 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 you know, that's naturally for anybody, there's going to be some excitement in his bones and in, in his veins to, to want to go play good. Let's make sure we play well around him. Um, but the rapport that those guys have with their teammates, I, I think is, is one that's, that's real. Um, I thought they both had good weeks of preparation. I'd say today, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago that that Arch arguably had his best practice since he's been here. I would say today was Malik's best practice since he's been here, and uh, that's a good that's a good thing for us. That as the weeks gone on, his game has elevated, uh, his understanding of the game plan has elevated, um, his comfort level of managing all the things we do at the line of scrimmage. Um, has elevated and I think his confidence has elevated because of it. And, and he had a really good practice today. And, and look, of course he's going to get better as the week goes on because now he's going up against, uh, he's going with the ones. That's what a starting quarterback does. You're playing with the best players on the field on your, on your team, on the top of the depth chart and what they've been able to do. So for me, that was been a very important part of the success and why you would think, 
that he's had a better week as the starting quarterback. You get to be the one that's taking all the reps. You get to be the one that's working with the ones. You're calling the game the way the game, the way you see it. So now you have different experiences. And as the week go on, the comfort level starts to set in. The game plan, you become more uh, versed in the game plan. And that's what it's all about. So I expected to hear that. I'm not shocked by hearing that from, from Coach Sark. And I'm glad to hear it. But again, I'm expecting it. And I'll get back to Malik in just a little bit. But I want to talk more about the situation for me. It doesn't have anything to do with the offensive side of, of the ball. The most important part for me is what is this defense going to do? More importantly, the secondary. The secondary has been going through some situations and uh, you start to look at how did we get here? I believe that Texas was being exposed a little bit in so many ways. Uh, it has zero to do with the defensive line. The defensive line continues to be one of the highest rated defensive lines in the country. As a matter of fact, uh, Pro Football Focus came out with uh, some numbers the other day for highest graded defensive tackles among the power fives this season to Vondre Sweat is the highest graded defensive tackle in college football. Uh, Byron Murphy is number nine. So the, the offensive, I mean, excuse me, the defensive line with those two guys to Vondre Sweat and of course, Byron Murphy plugging up the middle of this deal kind of leads you to believe that the game plan for BYU is not going to be to run the football. Nobody has been able to truly run the football against the University of Texas. And why would you want to? When you see the success that other teams have had, like I said, last week, Donovan Smith had his career high in passing yards, over three, th uh, 374 yards three touchdowns and an interception. So if I'm game planning, yes, I want to try to run the ball, but you already know what the success rate is right there. You do have a decent running back in LJ Martin, but your numbers as a whole, you're not very good on the rushing game. You rank 128th out of 133 teams. So that's not your bread and butter on what you want to do. Your passing efficiency is 129. That's 80th uh, in the country. Your scoring offense is 73rd in the country. Your passing yards, I mean, you average 228 yards through the air. I mean, 222 yards through the air. That puts you at 74. So your offense as a whole, is nothing to write home about. Let's just be honest about it. But the realization is Texas has some areas of weakness. And you have a quarterback, Keaton Slovis, who, even though his numbers have gone down year to year, he's still been a starting quarterback at all the Power 5 schools. He's like JT Daniels. Not everybody loved JT Daniels. When he came out of high school, everybody loved JT Daniels. That's why he continues to get these opportunities. When Keaton Slovis was at USC, he was first team all Big 12. He was everything. And he was dealing with coming in as a quarterback that was dealing with an injured quarterback that was in front of him. So he got all the play, got all the reps. And then the story is go to Pittsburgh, go 
in play. Now you're at um, uh, BYU. And now you get that opportunity to kind of showcase and see what's here. And if you're a quarterback, you're, you're, you're salivating a little bit. And that's no disrespect because I think when Ryan Watts is on the field and Jade Barron is on the field, the secondary is, is, is definitely better. But as of right now, the exploitness, the exploitation of this defense has been in the passing game. And let's put it in another perspective. The Texas Longhorns, even though Keaton Slovis is not a mobile per se quarterback, you're not going to have to worry about the run near as much. But if he can get outside of the pocket because you have not created enough pressure or excuse me, got him down to the ground as a sack, then what is it? You know, everybody continues to, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this. They talk about how he's not a, a effective runner, but is Texas effective getting to the quarterback and putting guys on the ground? No, no, it hadn't happened like that. So all that may be true. He's not a good runner. You don't have to worry about the threat of him running. But what are you going to do to be effective enough to get to the quarterback and get sacks? Because the Wyoming quarterback, we didn't think was mobile. We didn't get back to him. And we were up against it all the way to the very end of the game, almost. Until they had a 21-point quarter. So let's not always look at these numbers and look at these uh, opportunities and say, oh, well, this guy does this or this guy does that. Texas has to do their part, too. PK has to do his part to put these guys in the right position. So all that being said, Texas is going to have their hands full, and I'll talk about it here in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about the folks over at Covert BK. Listen, our man Stormin' Norman Watkins is on his way out to Covert BK, so you can have some lunch with him. Bucky, and of course, BK, as they start to talk about this weekend, BYU Cougars, and just get a chance to know somebody. Because Cobra Bee Cave is nestled on 42 acres in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. They have three new state-of-the-art auto uh, dealerships that are carrying seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, got one, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And of course, and of course if you're not into that and you don't want any cars over there, they also have a Ford dealership in Hutto, and they also have one in Austin, a Ford Lincoln dealership in Austin. The saying is no one beats a covert deal, not now, not ever. And why would it ever change? And while you're out there at uh, having lunch with BK, Storm and Norman Watkins and Bucky, why not get your car serviced? They service all makes and models and they have an 86 bays. They have 86 bays to make sure that while you're there enjoying yourself, your car is getting done. And then by the time it's over, you can go ahead and leave. All you got to do is visit CobraBK.com for the latest specials and inventory. And of course, stop by there today. Ask for Marcus Washington, Jr. and Sr. And of course, ask for my cousin, Ira Clark. As we say, no one beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. And while you're getting ready for this weekend, and Major League Baseball is about to have the World Series kickoff. And I want to get into the conversation that everybody's having about the World Series and everybody talking about not watching it. Nobody cares if you watch it or not. I care because I'm going to watch it. And if you're a diehard baseball fan and you understand what it's all about, why not get my man Tom McKay to come out 
and get your TV set up. Um, my man, Tom McKay, audio visual consultations, that's avconsultations.com, will get you the home setup of your dreams. Where you want a big home theater. I was watching uh, a show yesterday on my big screen TV. Somebody, I sent a picture to somebody and they were like, is that the biggest screen you've ever seen? Yeah, it is. That's why I got it. I wanted that. So make sure you get the home setup of your dreams with the great folks over at AV Consultations. Go to avconsultations.com or give them a call today at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. And let Tom and his crew come to you. Everybody talks about the big TVs and going to the big box stores. Then you got to be able to travel with it. You got to make sure you got a big enough trunk. You got to try to figure out the sound. You don't know where all the wires go. That's why you go to Tom and his crew. That's audiovisual consultations, abconsultations.com. I want to talk a little bit more about this BYU team and, and put a little bit of respect and, and talk about who they are. Uh, Keaton Slovis, I just talked about him as the starting quarterback and what he's able to do and if he's been able to get the ball out of his hand and, and, and move it all around. But understand this, the crossing routes have been a big problem for the University of Texas. Uh, uh, like I said, with Ryan Watts being out, that has been a bigger problem because you got your catalyst over there. You got your lockdown corner, your boundary corner kind of locking things down. And so it gives the defensive coordinator, PK, a better opportunity. We had Tevin Mims on with uh, us yesterday, and he was talking about how you have to call a game a little bit different when your main players aren't there and you want to give them an opportunity to be successful. Uh, one of the things you need to pay attention to, BYU actually loves the crossing routes. And they have some big, big receivers and a big tight end. I know my man Chip Brown brought this up in his uh, story, and he talked a little bit about it yesterday. They got number five wide receiver Darius uh, Lassiter. He's six foot four, three. Uh, Chase Brooks, he's number two. He's six four. And their tight end, Isaac Rex, is six six. So size does matter, folks. <laughs> size does matter. In this situation, that's where you're going to be looking for some of these matchups because you got big receivers. You got guys that can go up and, and, and fight for you with those contested uh, opportunities. So that is something that if I'm Keaton Slovis and I'm looking at the numbers that have been put up, I'm going to attack the corners and the routes. So the bunch routes, how are you going to understand that? Is it man-to-man? -man? Is it zone? What are you going to do to get better? And that's one of the biggest questions that I have for uh, PK. And I want to hear Sark and what he said about Keaton Slovis and that BYU offense. Well, the, the, the timing, right? I mean, he's, um, he's a guy that, that they've got good schemes um, and, and he gets the ball out because he's, he's, again, he's got a lot of experience. He's been around some really good schemes and coaches throughout his career from USC to Pitt, now to BYU. Um, and then they, they utilize a lot of different people, right? They've got, they've got multiple receivers. They throw it to, uh, the tight end is a definite factor. They utilize the running back in, in the pass game. And so you have to de defend everybody. It's not like they're just throwing it to one guy. And then they've got multiple personnel groupings and, and formations and motions and shifts. And so they tax you that way. And then when he can get his indicator on coverages, he can get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. And, he, and he's got the skill set to, to make all the throws. And the other part about that that I didn't even bring up, I told you about Dar Darius Lassiter, 6'3", 
Uh, I told you about Chase Brooks, 6'4", and I talked to you about the tight end, Isaac Rex, at 6'6". But I didn't tell you about JoJo Phillips, number 13. He's 6'5". And I didn't tell you about Keanu Hill, who is uh, – he wears number one, and he's 6'4". So the matchup is going to be huge when you start to break it all down and how will that be uh, important. But Sark talked about Ryan Watts and his availability and what he brings to the table because he does make things a little bit easier. Well, I think I think it's helpful with experience, right? Anytime a guy starts an entire season at corner and then, you know, starts the first few games this year and then obviously gets injured, um, not that the other guys aren't capable. I mean, Ryan is is more than capable. So is Manny and so is Terrence and those guys are good players. I think, A, he provides depth. Uh, B, he provides experience. Um, but, but as, as we go through this, you know, we're, we're, you know, having him back is, is a, is a big component to the success of our team. He's physical into the boundary. He can take on a lot of those perimeter screens that are issues. Uh, he can be physical with the receiver one-on-one. Um, and, and that can allow us to do some other things coverage wise. So there's a skill set he provides, uh, there's also experience that he provides, and then there's also depth that he provides for, for the entire room. And that's important. That is very important. And what up, JT, and what up, Miss Becky? Uh, glad to see y'all joining me today. Appreciate y'all, as always, with the support. You know, this BYU football team, and as I said before, this Texas defense is going to have to provide some pressure to get that offense off the field. Um the, the defensive tackles are going to be able to get there. We're going to try to figure out who's going to put pressure from the outside. We had a big sh- signing, yep, not signing, but a big showing last year by Baron Sorrell. We don't hear his name as near as much as I would like to be hearing him. Uh, Alfred Collins sounds like he's going to play, so it should be uh, all hands on deck for the Texas Longhorns. As I said, this is the first time that they've been home in a month. But I want to go back. Oh, oh also. They got to create turnovers. Last week, Sark was talking about the turnovers. I told you that BYU turned uh, Texas Tech over five times. Turned them over five times. But this week, or last week, Sark wanted to create turnovers. Well, they got two of them. They got an interception and a fumble recovery. So that is important. But they need to do that again. Now they need to continue to have that thought process, how can, thought process of let's take the ball away from them. They've done everything they possibly can. You see the, 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 the movement, but they have to be able to uh, make sure to get the ball back. That is important. That is something uh, we need to make sure happen. What up, Mark? Appreciate you, brother. Uh, but I want to go back to Malik Murphy because uh, this is a big opportunity for him. This is the moment that he's been groomed to be a part of. You know, sometimes patience is a virtue. Everybody talks about it. Sometimes you have to be a little bit more patient than what you normally would in any other situation. And for me, Malik has done just that. He had opportunities to leave. He decided to stay. And I think this is one of those reasons that he decided to stay because we talked about it. My man CB gave us the stat a while back. Every year, Texas has pretty much had to play with a backup quarterback. At some point, even last year, Quinn Ewers got hurt, missed some time. We needed Hudson Card, and we were thankful that Hudson Card didn't leave the University of Texas because Hudson Card came in and played well. 
Then he got another opportunity. He went to Purdue. And now Malik is sitting in the catbird seat. And now he's going to get his opportunity. But the one thing that I have uh, been talking about is that you want to make sure that the game is elevated. So this week, Sark said, as the week went on, he elevated his game. He had a grasp of the game plan. And he's gotten comfortable and learned how to check at the line of scrimmage. BYU is going to be a tough discipline football team. They're going to try to confuse the young quarterback, as we talked about. We had Tevin Mims, as I said a little while ago, and he said Tevin Mims is a former UT player, and he's also a former coach at the Division I level and a defensive-minded coach. And I asked him yesterday, point blank, I said, what would you do when you see a young quarterback? And they said, we would try to wait at least until there's five seconds. Give them one look and then try to change to something else. Sometimes they stay in the same one, but then they give them a different look and try to confuse them. And that could happen. That's definitely can happen because that can happen with any quarterback. No matter if you're young or old, you got to find, you, you got to be able to recognize some of these things. They will have to play better than what we've seen on defense. Uh, BYU, they rank low in run defense. They rank low in pass defense. They rank low in total defense, but they rank high in the turnover margin. So we have to play. Uh, uh, careful football. You can't turn the ball over in those situations, and you can't give them short fields. They rank number three in the nation with turnover plus minus margin. Texas ranks 28. So this is going to be a major part of it. Uh, the Texas Longhorns game plan will be to run the football, and it should be no matter who the quarterback was. And we talked about that numerous times. Jonathan Brooks ha has been had his consecutive 100-yard uh, game streak snapped last week by one yard, bro, by one yard. And then we got a chance to see uh, C.J. Baxter, who looks healthy, and he has that spring in his step. So this could be a fun, fun game on the ground, and I think it should be, and it will open up some of those passing lanes for him. If BYU is smart, they would sell out. They will sell out to take away that run game. You want to see what Malik Murphy is going to be able to do as the starting quarterback. Because when you look at the grand scheme of things, yes, Quinn it, it put up great numbers. I told you that. I'm a big Quinn fan. He's done everything he's needed to do. He's controlled the game. He's managed the game. And that's pretty much what I believe that uh, uh, Malik Murphy is going to have to do. Just control the game. I'm not going to call him a game manager because, dude, both of those guys can make plays. And they have the arm strength and the ability to throw the ball downfield and light people up all over the place. So if you're going to do that, I'm, if I'm BYU, I'm selling out to stop the run game. Make it happen. Make Malik beat you. Don't let Jonathan Brooks, C.J. Baxter beat you. You want to make Malik Murphy beat you. Now here's a catch 22 when you talk like that. Texas has a ton of weapons. And the passing game is what Sark thrives on. He 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 now has the ability with a quarterback that has an unbelievable arm that if the play can develop the way it was before. You know how we used to go Quinn dropping them bombs, throwing them bombs down the field. I'm thinking the same thing right here with 
my guy, Malik Murphy, because there's not a throw that Malik cannot make. And if you look at who they have, they have Jay Witt, star. This is a game where I think Jay Witt's going to come back in to life and be important to what Malik has to do. They have, excuse me, they have JT Sanders, another guy that might have to make a bigger appearance. You got X-Man on the outside. You also have, uh, um, um, who's my other wide receiver? Um, A.D. Mitchell. That only had one catch last week, by the way. It was a touchdown. That's all he does is catch touchdowns, and I'm cool with that. But we got to make sure that we get that guy back involved. And you have the ability to do so with these quarterbacks, with, with Malik. I think it's going to be really, really important to get everybody involved. The one thing I will say that is concerning to me, this is my one area of concern that I have with him, is the fact that he likes throw the ball really, really hard. So that really is one of the things that I'm looking at with Malik Murphy. Is he going to be able to control his howitzer that he has? Because there's a lot of touch that needs to be done around the um, line of scrimmage. Touch passes. Don't try to throw it too hard. Make sure, because that's one thing that Quinn was good. And if you go back and you look at some of Quinn's numbers, a lot of his stuff was affected at the line of scrimmage. So I want to make sure that we do that. And before I bring on my guests, I want to tell you about my great friends over at PestWranglers.com. That's right. PestWranglers.com is where you need to go for all your pest control needs. Pest Wranglers is a locally owned small family business that's been around since 2006. Its basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. That's why they won't make you sign a contract because they believe if you're happy, you're not going to go anywhere. And why would you? They got five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all referral sites. Pest Wrangler services most of the Central Texas area. And if you're in need of help with mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or you need an inspection for your residential or commercial properties, please get please give Pest Wranglers a call at 512-670-7808. That's 512-670-7808. Or go to pestwranglers.com. Folks, we have truly been blessed to be joined right now by a man that was just inducted to the National Association of Black Journalists in August. I'm proud of him for that. He's one half of the Odd Couple, Odd Couple with my man Chris Broussard. He's a regular contributor to the MLB Network, and he is the founder and editor of MLB Bro, where they cover black and brown major league players. He is the one, the only, Mr. Rob Parker. Rob, what's up, brother? Yo, yo, what's happening, man? How you doing, man? It's been a minute. It's been a it minute. Has. Peep this. Because I'm inside, I can't give you everything, but I came prepared, my brother. You know I'm always representing for you. No doubt. Brother. And you know I appreciate all the support that you've given us and uh, MLB Bro and how we're growing and all the stuff that's happening, which is so exciting. I'm, great. I'm, I'm uh, happy to be here in Arlington for game one and two of the World Series and uh, looking forward to it tonight, game one. I'm excited about it, too. And I wanted to ask you about it because you are boots on the ground. 
you are there in Arlington. I know that they had a little gala yesterday of meeting with the press and all the players and everybody being there. What's the what's the energy like in Arlington right now? Oh, people are pumped and excited, and they should be. I mean, nobody had the Rangers going to the World Series. I thought they would be good. I got to admit, I picked them to win the AL West. They didn't do it. They lost it on the last day. But they had a really, really good season, and they're a good team. Even when you think about Jacob DeGrom wound up getting hurt, and they still were able to hang in there. Their season didn't collapse when uh, when he went down. So that tells you about the strength of the other players. Bochi, I love the signing when they spent a half a billion dollars on Simeon and Seeger up the middle. You never see that in baseball where they sign up the middle guys to those kind of contracts. But they brought stars to the ballpark. That's how you make money in baseball. Like, everybody's trying to cheat the system. Hey, you know, let me try to win with kids, and I don't want to pay anybody. People pay for quality. People want to go see stars play. And that's what the Rangers have. And I I tip my cap to them. They did a great job in putting this organization together. Yeah, I've been really, really excited about it. I got a chance to go to spring training with the Rangers this year because the AAA affiliate here in in Austin, Texas, Round Rock, is the Round Rock Express. So they were the home of the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers throughout these processes. So I got a chance to see them uh, early. And I, the one player that has been the most impressive to me, unless you see him up close and you had the opportunity to see him in L.A., is Corey Seager, man. He is a calm, cool, collected dude, but he is a powerful and people don't realize how big he is playing shortstop position. You've been around this game for a long time. What what does what do you see in Corey Seager? No, I agree with you. Not that and and he's a tremendous hitter with power. You know, I mean, the stuff he did with the Dodgers, then he wound up getting hurt. The Dodgers didn't want to sign him. I know the Dodgers are looking now saying, "What did we do? You know, they don't have a shortstop." <laughs> Trey Turner bounced. You know what I mean? Like, those were – they had two really good shortstops. Trey Turner wound up having a great year in Philadelphia for the Phillies. We know what Corey Seager, the Dodgers, had both of those guys. I get it. He was banged up and hurt a lot. So the Dodgers didn't want to pay him and didn't want to, you know, buy into him. But I think anybody who who knows when he's healthy and when he's playing, he's one of the best in the game. So he's a big part and a big reason – why the Rangers are as good as they are. No doubt about it. We're talking to Rob Parker. He's part of the odd couple. And you probably know him because of no way, no how. <laughs> My man. That's but right. I to always, you. always. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, too, about Marcus Simeon. You know, he was in charge of, of the Players Association. He was the representative for the Texas Rangers. And last year, he didn't have a great year. Well, this year, they go into spring training. He didn't have to worry about the players' dispute. He could go in, get his work. Had a great season, a really good season. And you sit there and you look at this Texas Rangers team and you say he and Corey Seager are the star of the, 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 the straws that stirred the drink, so to speak. Talk about him a little bit, and I know he's part of MLB Bro as well. Yeah, he's been a big supporter of our site. He was our first MLB Bro Player of the Year two years ago. I had the honor of giving him the award at City Field in New York. 
Uh, last year was Judge, and then this year we didn't have one our very first year, but the last right. couple of years. Um, and Simeon, I think there was a lot of pressure after he signed a big contract, $175 million. Uh, he had the big year in Toronto. I think the pressure got to him a little bit. You know, you, you try to live up to expectations. And I think he let that go and just went back to playing and had 100 RBIs out of the leadoff spot. And, you know, in the playoffs, he hasn't hit as well. Obviously, it's a struggle in the postseason. You're only facing the best pitchers. There's not a lot of fourth and fifth starters who you can feast on because those guys don't get the pitch, you know, during this time of the year. But I still think that there's a chance that he could – I'm picking him for my World Series MVP for the Rangers. I have the Rangers in six games. And now that they've reached the, the, the World Series, you can kind of relax if you're him and just play. You know, like there's no more pressure. There's only right. seven games to go. Go in there, get your good at-bats, you know, and, and feel good about it. And I think that there's a chance that he can be that player. We've seen it. Power, speed, uh, you know. Gold glove defense. Yes, a really good second baseman. I mean, yep. I, there's not much I don't like about uh, Marcus Simeon. No doubt. Rob, I wanted to ask you, too, about the Arizona Diamondbacks. Their route was uh, inconspicuous. They were battling throughout the entire time. Both of these teams are two teams that lost over 100 games two years ago. Uh, this is the fewest amount of wins to represent in the World Series by, combined by both teams. But there's something about this Arizona Diamondbacks team and how they just continue to work hard and – they don't have the big time superstars that most people are looking like. The Ash, I mean, the Rangers had six all stars, six of them on the field at one time at one point, and they had what four all stars on this team. And Corbin Carroll leading it off and being the, probably going to be the NL Rookie of the Year. No, no, not probably. The- He's the NL <laughs> Rookie of the Year. That dude had a ridiculous rookie season. Ridiculous. No doubt, with stolen bases, home runs. I think he was the first person to have over. 25 and 30, uh, 25 home runs. Yeah, he's amazing. His parents took him to his first major league game. Talk about that to open up the season. But when you look at this Diamondback team, what do you what do you see? Yeah, I mean, where they got my attention was right at the beginning of the wild card when they were they trailed three nothing in game one against Milwaukee and two nothing in game two. Won both of those games. They're resilient. They come back. Everybody thought that it was in the bag for the Phillies, you know, after the Phillies won game five um, and, and just thought, oh, my God, this is going to be over. And all I got to do is win one in Philadelphia. Uh, and it didn't happen. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, once they, I should say uh, Arizona came back. But, but they still thought that Philly would win the series because they had the two games at home. And they're just relentless. And um, they have a lot of players who just do their part, like you said, not big stars, um, but solid players around the board. And uh, Tori Lovello's done a great job as manager there. And um, they do a lot of the little things. They steal bases. They put pressure on you. They did it in Philadelphia, man. They just kept running and running and running. <laughs> hey, you walk them, they're going to wind up on second base. I mean, that that's pressure. That's trouble for you. And, and that's – so I think that they're spunky – I think this is when the road runs out on them. I don't think it's going to be easy. I like the Rangers in six games. If it goes seven, it, it, it would be surprising to me. 
but I'm going to say Rangers in six. But I expect the, the uh, Diamondbacks to put up a fight. And I know this isn't the most sexy World Series for most in Major League Baseball. They want to see the Braves and they want to see the Dodgers. People are mad the Yankees and Red Sox couldn't make the playoffs and some of the other marquee teams and Blue Bloods. But this is good for all the other teams around the country knowing that you can make it, you know, and it's not closed off to teams that, that don't have the same amount of spending power uh, as some of these teams. Uh, so so I, I, I think people will wind up uh, finding out that there's a really good story on both sides of these two teams and start watching because the playoffs to me, they were exciting. The yeah. playoffs were really, there were some really instant classic games that we got to see this October. Yeah, and I'm 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 kind of over the people talking about the the sexy matchups and what they're looking for. Go back and what just watch a good baseball game with two teams that earned the right to be here and went through your favorite teams to get to the World Series. Before I let you go, because I know you're busy and you got a lot going on, I want to talk talk to you about Dusty Baker, his mark on the game, a guy that started his career. He was on deck when Hank Aaron hit the home run and you could almost you could almost stop there. I mean, I, let me let me stop you. Dusty Baker, first of all, is still to this day the coolest dude in baseball. <laughs> he always has been. The wristbands he still wears as a manager, the toothpick. I mean, and then you talk about it being on deck. Who's on deck batting behind Hank Aaron? I mean, let's just start there. Yeah. And then Dusty Baker was on the Dodgers when they had four players to hit over. 30 home runs for the first time in baseball history. And don't forget, you know, he was involved in developing the high five. It was after he hit his 30th home run that uh, the high five, it's it's a classic picture, uh, you know, and, and that is supposedly the origin of the high five because, you know, people used to give everybody some skin. <laughs> so Dusty Baker, between those things and then all the things he's done, with five different teams. Think about taking five different teams to the playoffs. He could have won that World Series in San Francisco with, with Bonds and the Giants. He lost that in game seven to the Angels. You know, of course, in Chicago, the famous uh, play um, uh, with the fan in the stands and the yeah. foul ball. I mean, we could go and he, he the, remade the Reds a winner. He made the Nationals a winner. Dusty Baker's had an unbelievable major league career. One of the best managers who's ever managed. Had he won a couple more, people could honestly look at him and put him in that category of being uh, really in, in the top two or three all time. He's a great, he's a great manager, no doubt about it. And, th and we're thankful, even though it was the Astros, that yeah, he did yeah. get that one World Series. Last year, I think a lot of people... They didn't want to see the Astros win, but they wanted to see Dusty win a World Series. And most people were just happy for Dusty, even if it was with the Astros. So um, we're going to miss him around Major League Baseball. But what a run. And it's probably the right time to get out. He's 70, what, four years old now? 74, yeah. yeah. He's got grandkids to have fun with and, and just spend time with. Uh, we'll miss him, but what, what an unbelievable run in Major League Baseball. No doubt about it rob tell everybody where where they need to go to find out all your information because that's you right great job check, check us out mlbbro.com also go to uh 
Uh, my social is at ML at Rob Parker MLB Bro, at Rob Parker MLB Bro on all my socials. And uh, as always, man, you know I appreciate you and uh, uh, all the support and everything. And uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you taking the time. Now go back over there and help them Rangers win that championship, baby. Man, I can't hit a pitch, but I'll be in the stands. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. There he goes, my man, Rob Parker, coming in to talk to us about what he's seen up there in Arlington. He says Rangers in six. I got Rangers in six as well. I was going to tell you that, but since he brought it up, I'm going to go ahead and let you know. But you know who else is a real winner, and they should probably develop trophies as well? It's the folks over at Great Blue Heron Furniture. It is a custom leather company, furniture leather company, that was started in 1991. They focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics, ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And man, this stuff is beautiful. It's also the highest quality furniture that you can find. You cannot, you will not find a more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere out there. There's a link in a YouTube video description below that takes you to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. It's pretty doggone cool as well. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you'll get 15% off of your purchase. If you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and is built to last for decades, look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. You can click on the link below for more info or give them a call at 866-247-9688. That's 866-247-9688. Uh, great stuff by my man, Rob Parker, man. He, he he does it like no other. I was fortunate enough to make that connection from a good friend, a mutual friend of ours that, uh, that made that connection for me. And Rob and I have been chopping it up on the regular as often as we possibly can because he's always, always bringing – knowledge as he said this weekend it's big man it's big this is always important the texas rangers and the arizona diamondbacks the texans rangers is one in three at home during the postseason so that's something to pay attention to but they're nine and oh on the road and they won all their road games this year leading into the play once they got in the playoffs and then everything kind of took care of itself The Texas Rangers went out and spent that big money, as he was talking about, to acquire some of the top free agents at their position. He just brought up Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Then to go out and get big-time pitchers, you got Jacob DeGrom. Sorry that he's injured. But you also got Nathan Uvalde, who has been the rock, and he gets the rock tonight. And, of course, the biggest acquisition for me was Bruce Bochy. I've been telling you guys that for quite some time. And then you look at the Arizona Diamondbacks, the mixture of young and old talent, the pitching, Coach Brett Strom has got those guys, that pitching staff together, and done a great job. The former manager, Rangers manager, Jeff Bannister, is the bench coach, so you know this is pretty bittersweet for for him as well. Couldn't get there with the Rangers. He thought he was putting together a good group. He ended up getting let go. They brought in Woodward, who I never liked, Uh, but now he's getting an opportunity to get to the World Series. They have six road wins the arizona diamondbacks that is and they are three and one at home corbin uh carroll is the star amongst the stars Cattell martel Marte is the emerging superstar as well he was the nlcs mvp and he also has an 18 game 
hitting streak that comes up big in clutch moments. They have the veteran Evan Longoria at uh, third base. The storyline for me, though, is going to be the pitching staff. So when you're looking at this this uh, Rangers uh, Diamondbacks matchup, you're going to have to look at the pitching staff. So we had my guy uh, Greg Swindell on, and he was talking about the pitching as well. Texas has Nathan Uvalde going tonight, Mr. Postseason. He is trying to win his fifth start of the get his fifth win of the postseason. He's four and zero with a two four two ERA with twenty eight strikeouts and only four walks. Uh, he's eight and three in his career in the postseason. They got Jordan Montgomery, who will probably go game two. And Mad Max Scherzer needs to get everything going because he's the one wink link that they've had so far on the mound. But this will be his third start after he had that injury, coming back from that injury. So that, I believe, will make him so much better. Arizona's ace, Zach Gellin, who was an all-star, along with Carol. Leardis uh, Guriel Jr. and Geraldo Perdoma, the shortstop, those were all all-stars for them. They got Merrill Kelly that's going to be pitching. He pitched in Japan last year. And Brandon Fadat has been really, really good this postseason. The series is going, this series is going to be fun. I think both fan bases have gone through a bunch of tough times since the last World Series appearances, 2001, where Arizona beat the Yankees in a game seven and actually won it. You saw Greg Swindell's trophy and his jersey that he had on the other night. And then the Rangers' last appearance, well, let's, let's not talk about that, folks. We won't, we won't go into that conversation. As I said, I've got the Rangers in six. I think it's going to be a fun, fun series, and all the fun starts tonight. Um, before I get – before I go – because we got a little bit of time, and I know I'm going to give it over to Trey and BK as they are in um, at Covert BK getting ready for the lunch segment and having a little fun with my man, uh, Norman Watkins. Make sure you can get out there. If you haven't been out to Covert BK, make sure you get out there. You still got time. He'll be out there. You'll enjoy that time out there. This weekend, Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans are both coming off of their bye week, and both teams spent the week trying to get better. I promise you that. Cowboys host the Rams at noon in Arlington, and the Texans are headed to Carolina in a matchup of numbers one, two, and three draft picks that will take the field on Sunday. Cowboys are hopefully trying to figure out how to get that run game going and developing some chemistry between with some other receivers of the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb is becoming that number one that everybody thought he was going to be. But where's Gallup and Brandon Cooks? What are they going to be? The running game has been uneventful so far. And to be honest with you, Tony Pollard doesn't seem to be the back that everybody thought he was going to be. He's still good. He's still good. But let's be honest. He hasn't taken uh, that part of being the number one back by far. It's been a little bit different. You start looking at the defense and what they're going to need it to do, and the defense has to get better against the Rams. The Rams don't really have a running game, but they definitely have Cooper Cup, who is back and looking like the old Cooper Cup. And then they got the Cooper Cup starter kit in uh, Puka Nakua, Nakua, who has got 58 receptions, 752 yards, two touchdowns, and he has 13 yards per reception 
So the, if they don't have a run game and they're going to go one-dimensional, one, uh, one the Dallas Cowboys defense is going to have to get better. Uh, Matthew Stafford will challenge that secondary. The Cowboys' secondary, who without Trayvon Diggs has looked vulnerable. Stephon Gilmore has made some plays. Deron Bland definitely has made some plays, but they have been giving up a lot of passing yards. Cowboys are favored by six, so we will see what will happen with that. The uh, Houston Texans travel to take on the Carolina Panthers. As I said, the Panthers are three and three. I mean, excuse me, the Texans are three and three, and they're a little bit ahead of schedule. And C.J. Stroud have been putting up some really good numbers so far, and he's getting more comfortable every snap that he takes. Uh, Nico Collins is starting to get really busy. Tank Dell of U of H is continuously getting better. Damian Pierce needs to get the running game going a little bit more. And, of course, Dalton Schultz is becoming that safety blanket that C.J. Stroud needs. On the defensive side, D'Amico Ryans is having fun with the talent that he's got because he's inherited some good players, but he's also drafted some good players. They do need to improve in some areas, and and they need to continue to work on uh, uh, that camaraderie that you need with a new defensive scheme. Uh, The Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud conversation will intensify this week. The Panthers are 0-6. Bryce Young is struggling. Uh, He has no O-line, guys. He has no O-line. If you haven't watched him play, you see that my man is running for his life. And uh, he's a little guy. He's a little fella, too. So there's a lot that is left to be desired. Frank Reich, I don't even know what his situation is going to be. Earlier in the year, he was talking about having conversations with the owner every single week, making it sound like it was a very uncomfortable situation so i'll see what it's gonna look like but it does not look that great as of right now but we shall see i'm looking forward to this game because cj stroud is playing uh ranks in the top 10 in yards as a quarterback at 1660 and nine touchdowns and one interception he had his consecutive uh attempt streak snapped uh two weeks ago before the bye week when he threw that interception Bryce Young has thrown for 967 yards, six touchdowns, but he has thrown four picks. This should be a fun game to watch, but as a Cowboy fan and a Texan fan, you can be both. You know, it's like you can watch with support both of your teams because they're on the other side. I'm not a huge Texan fan, but I am a huge C.J. Stroud fan. So I look forward to seeing what he and the rest of those Texans do this weekend. Obviously, the Cowboys will be my focus. MLB baseball, the World Series will be my focus as well. But most importantly, I'll be looking at this Texas Longhorn football team with Malik uh, Murphy making his first start as the as the quarterback at the University of Texas. I know the energy is going to be at a next level, and I know that the fans are going to be excited about it. But just understand this. Be patient. Be understanding and watch the game open-mindedly because don't think that you're going to be out there, oh, my God, we need to pull him out of the game. He needs to get out of there. Or you're going to be like, "Uh uh-oh, we got a quarterback controversy. Either way, just watch the game, let things develop. And the one question that was always being asked, how long was the leash on Malik in these situations? 
And I actually kind of like what Sark's answer was. Perfect world. He finds rhythm, stays hot, and plays a great four quarters, and, and then that's the way the game goes. But the reality of it is most football games don't go that way. Uh, quarterbacks, you know, I've yet to find a quarterback that's gone 30 for 30 and then 100% and everything's perfect and ha- makes every perfect read. And so um, what I try to gauge is, you know, is he seeing what he's supposed to be seeing? Uh, are his eyes where they're supposed to be? Um can he get fooled on coverages? Of course he can. Can he get fooled on RPOs? Of course he can. Um, but as long as, you know, he can tell me what he saw and why, uh, that then I'm okay, right? And if he does get a little bit out of rhythm, all right, how do I do a good job of trying to get him back into rhythm, right? And so that could be utilizing the run game. That could be using some, utilizing some advantage throws. That could be moving the pocket. Um, there's a variety of things that we can do there uh, to try to get him back into rhythm if he does get out of it. Um, but inevitably, I don't I don't expect Malik to go out Saturday and just play perfect. Uh, that that wouldn't be realistic. Um, but uh, you know what we try to do is put him in the best position to have success. Um, and then, and then navigate our way through the, the even flow of, of a football game, which, which is how every game goes. No doubt about it. And the other question that was asked, will Arch play? Oh, uh, what are you going to do for Arch? Can he get into the game? Everybody is trying to open up the shiny toy without making sure that they read the instructions to make sure it was put together properly. Everybody just wants it to work right away. But he there. The question was asked: Will Arch play? Like I said, Malik's going to start the game and, and and go play in this game. Uh, I haven't made a a, a decision if if I'm going to get Arch in there just to get him in there and or not. Um, but we we have we have discussed that some um, because I do think there's some valuable experience for him in that. But I have to make sure that that's in the best interest of the team, right? And I have to make sure that um, the, the team comes first in everything that we do. Um, but I do I do see the value in something like that. I just I just I'm not ready to make that make that call yet. And he shouldn't have to. Only way he should be in the game is if the game is well out of hand. Texas is running away with it. I know some people think the game is going to be closer than others. The spread has now jumped up to 20. 20? So, obviously, Vegas and the wise guys see something that uh, kind of stands out to them as far as talent-wise. Texas is the most talented team out there, but we say that every single week. We saw last week what happened when you go to the University of Houston. Houston plays unbelievable football, keeps the game close. And now all of a sudden, everybody's in panic mode. Now we're in a different spot. I believe Texas is going to win this game. And I think they're going to win it handily. Uh, I think that they have control of the game from start to finish. And I think a lot of that has to do with the running game. As we talk about every single week, it should be the running game anyway. There's nothing new to that. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I want to thank my man, Rob Parker, for being a special guest and breaking it all down. Go to MLBro mlbbro.com for all of Rob's uh, articles and his staff. They're doing a great job. And as always, don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. Peace.